All right, without further ado. Chris Ann Hall received her bachelor's degree in biochemistry from Blackburn College. And her Juris Doctor from the University of Florida. She served in the U.S. Army as a military intelligence cryptologic linguist. She was a prosecutor for the state of Florida for nearly a decade. Chris Ann also worked with a prominent national First Amendment law firm where she traveled the country defending Americans whose rights were violated by unlawful arrests and prosecutions. She has written six books on American history and the U.S. Constitution. Chris Ann is a regular consultant on numerous radio, podcasts, and television programs. Without further ado, Chris Ann Hall! Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, rapper JC, formerly known as JC Hall. Rapper. Okay. Rapper. That's what I think of what it was like a... a a rapper slash skater, something with that hoodie thing on. You got the whole grunge look happen in there. <laughs> All right. We are in Oregon this afternoon. So what you're seeing now is the beauty of our hotel room because we are obviously not in the studio. This show is a pre-record just for those of you who are going to join us in the chat room, wanting to know where we are, what we're doing. We are teaching in Washington, Vancouver, Washington tonight. We will be in Salem, Oregon tomorrow, Salem, Oregon on Saturday. And then we will be back in Washington on Sunday and then Sisters, Oregon on Monday and then flying woo, 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 back to Florida on Tuesday. I just do that because it amuses me that it annoys JC. <laughs> JC's got a at, look. We match today. Why are you always matching me? He 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 looks to see what I'm wearing because he wants to be like me. <laughs> well, I wanted let's just get right into it today. I wanted to just mention um, my condolences to the Limbaugh family, and I thought it would be interesting to uh, sort of do. A, a review of, of who Limbaugh, Rush Limbaugh was and what exactly it was that he did. Because most people, um, and it's interesting because JC's always teaching Colton, you are who you roll with. And I think you are also not only who you roll with, but who your enemies are. Identify, you know, uh, what you believe. And, uh, most people know that I did not start off as a conservative or a constitutionalist. But if you go to my website, chrisannhall.com, you can see that, yes, I was a hardcore socialist. And even though people might know that, they may not know 
that it was actually Rush Limbaugh who had a lot to do with the beginning of my transformation. It was the way he presented information in a in a reasoned and educated and logical presentation. You know, he wasn't like the rest of I mean he got he was arrogant and he he got in your face and that sort of stuff. But he was somebody that presented the facts in such a way that it was not based on just, you know, the angry guy. And it really made me ask questions and look into some things. And this is in the 1990s. So uh, I just want to say thank you to the Limbaugh family for supporting Rush and just simply saying the number of lives he changed will will never you will never know the number of lives that he changed. Do you have any particular story about Rush? No, no, not really. Yeah, well, uh, JC was never a hardcore socialist, so he didn't have to make that transformation <laughs> like I did. But it's interesting the articles that I saw today uh, about Rush on. Uh, who he was. I'm going to pull up the screen a little bit different so we can, oh, that's probably not going to work that way. Never mind. Get an idea of what people are saying about him. And the liberal whack job medias are, are attacking, right? So this is part of all that crazy hypocrisy that happens in, um, in, in the cancel culture, right? You can talk about Rush Limbaugh after he dies. And the only thing that you mention is that he criticized Joe Biden for taking a vacation. Uh, we were talking about this the other day. So Limbaugh writes uh, the day before he passes, Biden canceled a major foreign policy speech, folks, over two inches of snow. I kid you not. <laughs> uh, and he uh, he added a link to the story. Biden sees his shadow cancels major speech. <laughs> but Biden, I, I, I just wanted to sort of hop off this. We should not be uh, surprised at Biden canceling speeches and sending his vice president to do his bidding. I think we should expect more of that. Rush wrote, I don't know. Maybe Biden saw a shadow. What is this? Two inches of snow is going to shut Biden down. Biden's going to put a lid on it for that. But Biden's sending Kamala out to do his bidding, isn't he? Yeah, pretty much. So as they said from the beginning that this is the Harris administration, right? The Harris administration, you're going to see very little of Joe Biden, I think, in all of this. You're also going to see very little of uh, anything that that Joe Biden does in public, especially after, you know, how much longer do you think he has in office? Not long. The man looked terrible at his inauguration. And so people need to realize they did not elect Joe Biden. They elected Kamala Harris as president of the United States. This is the last thing I wanted to share with you guys about Rush because this is the cancel culture, right? I'm gonna show you, this is crazy. 
This has to do with uh, Sarah Perrick, who is a uh, archaeological professor at the University of Alabama. And they're calling it the Sarah Parkak Rush Limbaugh controversy. So what happens is Rush Limbaugh passes away and she sends out a tweet. And I'll show you the tweet real quick so you can see that because it's not they didn't show it in this article. But she sends out a tweet saying that she believes that Rush Limbaugh should have suffered until the day he died. So did I pull up the wrong one again? Let me see. She still has a job? Yeah. Yeah. She still has a job. Oh, here it is right here. All right. Uh she tweets out when a terrible piece of scum who caused immeasurable harm to millions dies, there is no sympathy, only a desire that they suffered until their last breath. Now the UAB president tweets out UAB is disgusted and extremely troubled that Sarah Parkak would tweet something so unprofessional and blindly inhumane and cruel. Her poor judgment is completely counter to our shared values as an institution that include integrity and respect. She absolutely does not speak for our university, and we are reviewing the matter. So if you're a conservative and you just make statements on Twitter, you are immediately fired. Historical statements. Historical statements. Like just simply making a comment about history and how history has a tendency to repeat. The Nazis turned their neighbors against one another before they started killing Jews. Yep. You can make that factual historical statement and you're fired. And you're fired. But you make the statement that Rush Limbaugh should suffer until the his last breath because he deserves it and we get to be disgusted and we have to review, we'll the, review matter. the matter we'll review the matter <laughs> JC I want you to do I want you to write me an article for chrisanhall.com on how the cancel culture receive uh uh, existed through the, the Maoist regime because you have made that socialist link uh, on our show before teaching people the progression of socialism and the different kinds of socialism. But I don't think people recognize that cancel culture is a part of that socialist agenda. It's turning each other on each other so they turn each other in. That's how the why the Nazis work that way. The Nazis didn't start by arresting the Jews. The Nazis started by giving disinformation and hate campaigns in society about how the Jewish people were destroying their economy and the Jewish people were, were uh, stealing their jobs and the Jewish people were actually a national security threat to Germany. That's the propaganda that went out. That's how you get people to turn on each other. And that's... That's what happened.
So you can be a space archaeologist. <laughs> That's what she is. You on the moon digging up rocks? No, she's a space archaeologist. So what she does is she uses aerial photos to locate sites of ancient settlements in Egypt and other stuff like that. So I don't know why they call it. That's called space archaeology. You take pictures from space and you uh -huh. be an archaeologist mm -hmm. like that. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like a elementary school kid could do that. She's sitting at a computer using yeah. tools in space to look at pictures. Yeah. And say, you know, it looks like something was there. <laughs> yeah. Great. Pretty much. Great. Pretty much. Okay. You could, you could, today with YouTube, you could train a, a bunch of high school students to do something like that, probably. Yeah. Pretty sure her job could be outsourced. <laughs> well, but you know, she, she touts the agenda, so we can only review what she's had to say. <laughs> so we are facing a new job dilemma in America. Millions of people are out of jobs, according to NPR, but people can't find workers. And I, I think that this is part of, of our problem in America is a dependency on government, a reliance on government to not only solve all our problems, but now to be the provider of all our needs. And so you have uh, Bill Martin. He has uh, plenty of jobs, but few people willing to take them. So Martin helps run MA Industries, a plastic manufacturing company in Peachtree, Georgia, Peachtree City, Georgia, a company that makes uh, products used in medical industry, which is probably, he says in this article by NPR, specifically things like the coronavirus test and vaccine manufacturing and development. And they can't find jobs. Can't find workers. Can't find workers. Where are, why are all these people not wanting jobs? Can people actually live off $2,000 every six months? Apparently. I don't, this is just stunning to me. So I think also this highlights, JC, the fact that all our job report numbers are false. So when the Department of Labor puts out there, you know, we have people not having job, you know, with the unemployment rate and all that, we've talked about this for years, that those numbers are completely and totally not, I would say irrelevant because they're inaccurate. They don't count how many people are not looking for jobs. They don't count how many people, how many jobs are available and people just don't want them. How do you, how do you complain that you need $15 an hour to have a job? But then you can't, when somebody wants to give you a job, you don't want to take it. I don't. Yeah, there. I don't know if there's a report on number of open jobs or jobs available. Maybe there is. I don't know. America. America. Where we would rather get handouts from the government than actually work. 
which is such a, 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 an insult to the people who are out there working their butts off to, to provide for their families, to do what they're supposed to do in an honorable way. And then you have a society where people are, are, are getting aid, they're getting uh, checks from the government, they're getting all this free stuff from the government because there's jobs they don't want. How can you have a society where people, where we're told we have the highest number of people ever getting aid from the government and yet have job openings like this? You got employers who are saying, I got jobs. Why can't I get anybody to come come work for me? You don't have to do anything for the government check. A job implies work. Yeah. So what does that say about America? Lazy debauched 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 in their manners is what they would say so uh here is a court case that i want everybody to keep their eyes on this came up uh again what we have is a church is on trial this is a religious liberty issue uh, Sandra Demakovich, the former music director at the St. Andrew, uh, Andrew the Apostle Parish in Chicago, lost Sandor. Did I say Sandra? Sandra? Sandor. Lost his job in 2014 after violating the church teaching by entering into a same-sex marriage. He sued the church and the Archdiocese of Chicago. And once again, JC, this goes back to the government defining what is ministry. And so what happens is, is that the Civil Rights Act of 1964 says that excludes churches from the regulations on discrimination for hiring practices. So the Civil Rights Act of 1964 says if you're a church, you can discriminate on hiring and firing. But now, because we've allowed the government to give the church an exemption to allow them to hire people and fire people based on their religious beliefs, we have now established a system where the government will now define what is ministry so that the church will then be regulated in some hiring practices, but not regulated in other hiring practices. So basically what you've got is, once again, the government is interfering with the job of the church, which actually is the violation of separation of church and state. But society saying that's okay because uh, what this guy did was sing, right? So because he sang, he's not actually a preacher, and therefore you can't hire and fire him based on religious standards. Now, this is, this is one of the grievances, JC, that I had against Amy Coney Barrett's opinion in California. Because what you see here is the standard that if the regulation is the same for a secular business that does the same thing as the church, right?
then you can make that imposition on the church. So people sing in Hollywood, people sing in bars, and you can't discriminate in Hollywood and you can't discriminate in bars. So because people sing in Hollywood and they sing in bars, they sing in churches, that's an equal restriction on the church. And so this is the problem with the way our judicial system has moved. We are now allowing government to dictate who plays what role in, in the church to determine who the church can and cannot hire in the church. It is not a standard of if it's the same secular as it is in the church you can make the church comply with government regulations. That should never be the standard. The church should never be regulated by the government, ever. And that's generations of history that we have swept under the table because people don't know the role of government and the very definition of separation of church and state and religious liberty. People have been taught that separation of church and state means you can't talk about God in public, right? So if our space archaeologist started tweeting about God, what, how long do you think she would have kept her job? Right? Poof, she's gone. Separation of church and state. She works for a state university. She can't talk about God. No, that's not what separation of church and state means. Separation of church and state means that the government has no business imposing its values, its regulations on the church, because if the government is imposing its values, its regulations on the church, you have an evil and oppressive government. And then that's the way it's been for centuries. So now you have a problem where the, where the courts are going to get involved. And the courts, even those who have been told that we've been told, you know, they're the defenders of religious liberty, like Amy Coney Barrett, are going to say, just like she did in California, because her thing was about singing, too. Right. We can ban singing in the church if we ban it in Hollywood. That's OK. But but isn't that, in essence, defining they're 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 taking in their hands to define mm -hmm. uh religion define what is that religion i mean that isn't that in a sense um establishing state religion it is absolutely because the state is in this case establishing the definition and saying this is the only kind uh, of religion you can have one that we one that we say right we right. we made the definition so in their definition uh singing is is something is something ancillary something extra it's right. not part of church right because because they, it's not part of ministry it's no, not because a, they've a clergy said, activity right. so right. they they've said mm -hmm. the definition of religion in this sense is only preaching right when you stand up and convey whatever content of your text now interestingly if you stood up you know to to be conveying what is in the biblical text you would have to convey that singing is an integral part of the definition of being the church. Right. So th this this seems to me on the face to violate what what these judges call the the establishment clause. Right. 
Uh, this establishes and the free exercise, right? This right. establishes a religion, uh, restricts a free exercise because you're saying this is the religion we established. It here's the definition, uh, and it's not having to do with uh, with you know violation of someone else. So like you're not killing people, you know whatever. Uh, no one's in like this guy. You're not entitled. I mean, this is another weird thing. The government coming down in favor of this this man is guaranteeing him particular employment. Mm -hmm. you, you, you establish a constitutional right to a job right. at this church. It's it just bizarre to me. Well, and, and it's again, it's the lack of knowledge and education on the proper role of government. And we see it all the time. It is such a general misapplication. For example, JC, you have people ticked off at YouTube and at Twitter for violating their free speech. Okay. Private businesses don't violate your rights. Oh, the, the Bill of Rights. They violate their contract. They you. violate their contract with you, right? The Bill of the U.S. Bill of Rights is not a a statement of restriction on private people. It's a statement that the people need to keep the government out of this part of our lives. The same with your state constitution has a Bill of Rights. Your state constitution has a Declaration of Rights. Those are there as a wall of separation, to use Jefferson's words, between the rights of the people and the powers of government. It's not about whether I can come in and out of somebody's business. It's not whether I have to make somebody bake me a cake or not. And it's not whether I can force someone to make me have a job. That's not the purpose of the Bill of Rights, either at the federal level or the state level. It's a wall of separation between the rights of the people and government power. Now, if you're working, and ironically, right? Ironically, if you're working for the government and the government discriminates against you based on your religious beliefs, then you have a lawsuit. But ironically, if you work for the government now and assert a religious demand, they cry separation of church and state in saying we can't accommodate your religious beliefs. I just think it's strange and dangerous that the court is even having that. That's the conversation around yes. this case. Mm -hmm. the, the, you know, uh, now they're having this conversation about what is ministry. Right. Uh, you're not allowed to have that conversation, right? That's precisely you, you not the even point. That is having that conversation. Mm -hmm. This is about uh, individual A got a job with this place. What were his requirements? Did he violate that contract? Yes, he did. Bye bye. End right. of story. It's a. It, it, this is an employment issue. Period. So how how that. And so the only religious question uh, would be whatever they're allowed to make a, a stipulation for employment. Are they allowed to do that? Yes, they are. That's it. Uh, so this whole idea of now they have to figure out what in what is incorporated in ministry in in being a church. I mean, this is insane to me.
This is a very dangerous, and this is what the courts do. They start going over into places they're not supposed to be and having these discussions. And this is where then you get dicta and precedent and all this kind of crap that future courts will build upon Mm -hmm. to further erode your rights. Let me mention to you that for our Liberty First University students out here, uh, you're watching. Here is your assignment from today's show. You need to go and take the class called The Great Debate. Because in this class, The Great Debate, what we are talking about right now, about how the government will use these as an as a tool to steal your rights by defining them, is actually a warning that came to us from our founders. Specifically, it came from, uh, in, in, in just one form, Alexander Hamilton in Federalist 54. He used the example of liberty of press. He said, what is the liberty of press? Who can give it any definition which would not lead the utmost latitude for evasion? So you give them the power to define, you give them the power to dictate and deny. And that's what we're looking at here. This should be one of those things where the court says, whoa, wait a minute now, we're not supposed to be involved in this relationship. So guess what, guys? Um, We are going to dismiss this for lack of standing because we don't have jurisdiction over this matter. This is a church governance matter. This is the internal governance of the church. This does not allow or afford government the opportunity to engage in external governance of the church. But then you need a court that says we don't have uh, you know, all of this power. We do not have power that reaches over everybody's lives. And I'll just tell you, we don't have a Supreme Court like that. The court case in California proves that. And JC, can I just tell you, I can't, I can't even tell you, you will never, people will not believe me. How many Christian conservatives and Christian lawyers privately contacted me to try to kick me in the teeth over criticizing Amy Coney Barrett for saying yes, the church can be told they can't sing if they govern if a secular business does is is enjoined from singing as well, or, or has an injunction against singing as well. So you know what? I'm sorry. I'm I'm way too liberty minded and I'm way too constitutional for that that group of people. But liberty addict actually means what it says. And I have to stand with Roger Williams and I have to stand with all of our founders who knew that the government has no authority to externally govern, to govern the church from the outside. It's just not their job. And as a matter of fact, that's the whole reason for religious liberty. So if if that makes you put your panties in a wad because Chris Ann doesn't uh, agree with Amy Coney Barrett and I don't really see this as a major victory. I mean, I think it's good for that church in California. They get to open to 25 uh, above 25% capacity because they got the blessing from three justices in the Supreme Court. But that's not a victory for religious liberty in America because when you look at that, what the Supreme Court said was, yes, Every church in America can be can be dictated to 
by the government as long as it falls within the parameters of equal application in secular world. So you're not going to get my blessing on that one. You're not going to get me blowing smoke and, and dandelions up your rear over that. It was not really the victory. It was the church gets to open. Yeah, I think that's great. They get to open to 50% instead of 25. The problem is they shouldn't be asking the government's permission to open in the first place. Churches are not a licensed. Churches are not. I've said this and I don't know if people get it. Churches do not get licenses from the government to be churches. We we killed. That was one thing we eliminated. Churches do not get licenses from government. So how if we don't have, get a, a permission to have church from the government, how can the government give us dictates on how we, and when we have church? That's the problem. And pastors who do not see that. That they get their ordination from God. They don't get licensing from the government, so they don't need permission. I, I don't know what to tell you. And if you're afraid to go to a church because they're open and the people are assembling, I got a simple solution for you. You know what it is? Don't go. Don't go. Stay home. So I just... Look, guys, this is where they tell me I'm a purist, JC, because uh, I don't I don't I don't see those those victories in the same way. Like I said, I think it's great that the church now has permission to open. Um, but you know what? The church shouldn't be asking for permission and the permission granted tells us that the rest of the churches in the country the Supreme Court believes the rest of the churches in the country are now subject to government regulation. Mm -hmm. That's I mean, that's the bottom line, you know. So I'm liking this. A letter calls to strip Governor Como of emergency powers. There's actually um, should be in jail. Yeah. Yeah. The man is. He's he ranks up there in my mind with Hillary Clinton as being pure evil, just absolutely evil. Now, what where did be charged with manslaughter? Yeah. And be on trial. Right now, all governors should be stripped of emergency powers, by the way, because no state constitution. And I know because I've read them. No state constitution authorizes the governor to issue laws. No state constitution authorizes the legislative branch to increase the powers of the executive branch through legislative act. So all governors need to be stripped of emergency powers by the people through peaceful noncompliance if the legislators won't. I'll just be honest with you. I don't find this letter very encouraging. It, it says that it took the murder of nursing home residents. Yes for them to decide this, this is a bit too much. And they haven't right. decided it yet. They right. just wrote a letter. Mm -hmm. But it did come from Democrats. Yeah. So, you know, uh, that's, that's saying something. Uh, where's the Republicans? Are there any Republicans in the legislature in, in New York? I'm sure there are. So the senior advisor to Cuomo says Assemblyman Kim has a long record of being hostile to the governor's office. 
So we're not really, we don't really have an issue here, JC. There's really no issue about Cuomo's criminal negligence in people dying in these nursing homes over his executive orders. It's just because Assemblyman Kim doesn't like the governor. That's how they work. That's kind of like all the articles that are coming out now about Texas. Bill Gates says that uh, the governor of Texas is all wrong about why the, the wind machines froze up, right? So they have to go on massive, uh, what is that called? CYA, digging themselves out campaigns, change, take back the narrative campaigns. I, I just, uh, I don't understand the response. Uh, what she talks about. First off, some completely other topic, mm -hmm. other issue, and then says it's the Republicans' politics of division. This is nine Democrats, right, and a Republican. Well, that's just—I mean, it's so it's pretty sad, pretty pathetic response there. Well, but that's how they work, right? Because it's a just—it's a deflection, right? And that's that's how the the mainstream narrative control dictating the narrative goes no it's not this it's this it's really not about these people you know dying in the nursing homes it's because she doesn't like cuomo and his campaign contributions and it's the republicans that make them do it right because it's always the republicans you got to do that but i think it's shocking to me that people are somehow shocked that the administration withheld the death data from lawmakers and journalists. I mean, the CDC has been doing that now for a year in the other direction, right? Not showing people the real numbers, not showing people the real data so that guess what? Everybody else can just live in fear, but people in nursing homes can be cast off to their death um, and the governor can just get away with it. I was happy to see my my friend Betsy McCoy. I said it right. Yeah. Betsy McCoy, former lieutenant governor of New York. She was on Newsweek standing up. Uh, Newsmax. Newsmax. Sorry. Newsmax standing up against uh, what the administration is doing. If you guys don't know Betsy McCoy, she's a former lieutenant governor of New York. And she she created a foundation called. Um, RID called Reduce Infectious Diseases, which she discovered is that to way too many people go into hospitals with, with non-life-threatening issues and actually die in hospitals because they've gotten some kind of life-threatening infection in hospital, like MRSA or um, other things like that. And it's because, uh, I believe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but but uh, Betsy was talking about this in uh, 2011. Her RID infectious disease organization was trying to incorporate into the hospitals uh, hydrogen peroxide vaporizing machines to clean the infectious diseases out of the machines. And that's precisely what we have in our church today and being set up all over the country. It's what 
the Department of Defense uses, what NASA uses, these hydrogen peroxide things to uh, clean, uh, it kills COVID on surfaces and everywhere. Yeah, it's available. I mean, the technology's there. That's that's the whole thing, you know, they're full of baloney. The technology exists, um, you know, go goairsafe.com. Look it up, it's right there. You, you know, goairsafe.com. I mean, you you see it in hotels. If mm-hmm. you, you know, if you have hotels, you can put this in there. You have a restaurant, you put this in there. We have a, a you friend, put them in a your friend, house. A friend who has a restaurant that has it in there. Mm-hmm. We have it in the church. You put it in their homes. I mean, that's how you know this is this is garbage. So the whole talk, oh, the vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. The technology exists to to kill the stuff already, right. and you don't have to stick something in your body. Right. Goairsafe.com. Seriously, guys. Betsy was talking about this a decade ago. What's crazy was she, when I met Betsy, we were at this group meeting of, of women who, who were leaders of, you know, their area and field. And she gave us a presentation about how she tried to take what's at goairsafe.com to the hospitals in America in 2010, and they refused to use them. They refused to even allow them to engage in studies to use them. She had to take that technology to Europe and do all the studies in the hospitals in Europe where they found out that they reduced the cases of infectious diseases in the hospital by 99%. The crazy thing, the stuff stuff was developed for NASA. They used it on the space station. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, it's just... And it's you, not you can radiating make, you with radio no. waves or harmful chemicals. It's hydrogen peroxide. But it you, goes into your it, clothes. It kills every harmful but can, virus. But you can make billions off of vaccines and mm-hmm. uh, antibiotics and drugs and all this. Mm-hmm. So you know they're not they're not interested. The cabal the cabal controls it, and so you can't challenge the revenue stream. Goairsafe.com. Yeah, I mean it's this stuff. Come on. It's ridiculous. That that's why I shake my head about at this stuff. You go into these stores, no, you, you know, mask up and do this and do that. Uh, would you like a solution? Would you like me to solve this for you? You know, no, they're not interested in that. No, the hospitals in America were not interested in it a decade ago. Why? Because they make money off of you coming to the hospital yeah. and getting sick. They make money off of sickness and death. Yep. Yeah. So when such when such a straightforward uh, available technology is out there to, I mean, we, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have to be going through what we're going through now, but mm-hmm. if you bring the solution, you know, then you can't, then you can't turn governors into Kings and have them controlling everybody and set all sort of, all sorts of court precedent to uh, take away your Liberty in the future. Mm-hmm. Right. You wouldn't be able to do that if you right. actually solve the problem. Right. That's how you know it's a fraud, right? Because uh, with with the click of your mouse, you can go find uh, that the technology is out there to solve this, and you see how readily available it is. Uh, and and so that's that's how you quickly understand that it's it's a scam. They're actually not interested in your safety. They're yeah. not interested in your health. No, nope. they're not interested in saving lives. This is a scam. It's it's control and increase the revenue stream to 
in order to fund the expansion of the police state system. And reduce the population. Because you got to put the eugenics. Yeah, because get rid of all the old people. I mean, we we listen to uh, Cass Sunstein, uh, Nudge, and and all of of these guys way back when, uh, before Obamacare. In fact, Betsy McCoy, it's hilarious because you can you go search Betsy McCoy. Uh, it's, and their name is not the last name is it's spelled, spelled like McKay. Yeah. M-C-G-A-U-H-E-Y. Yeah. But anyway, you look her up. Well, it's a long history of all these leftists blasting her. She was out front talking about the death panels in uh, in in the in the ACA. OK. In the Obamacare system. And she, she she got blasted, you know, mocked and uh, all this stuff. Just like remember Sarah Palin said the same stuff, and that's probably where she got it from. Listen to Betsy. Yep. Uh, and she talked about the death panels in the ACA, mm-hmm. and they were mocked and laughed. Of course, then it turns out years later, when people start actually reading uh, the ACA and all that's involved in Obamacare, they find out yes, there are death panels, meaning that there is a system whereby you evaluate who gets care based upon what they have left to contribute to society. JC, Old why, people need to die. And so you now mean, you see who's who you look at. And this is, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even going to say it. I'm going to tell you, go search it yourself because they'll, they'll, they'll probably shut, you know, take this show off, but you go search the percentage of COVID deaths. What percentage of COVID deaths, total COVID deaths are in extended care facilities. What percentage? Who is dying? Who are the targets of what's going on? And so then you look back and you look at the people who crafted Obamacare, the the Pride Foundation or Tides Foundation, uh, Sunstein, and all of these guys who were the architects. And they talked about that we cannot let old people continue to get treatment and to, to get life extending treatment because they've, they've lived their life. They, they are now a negative. Yes. They are now drawing from resources rather than contributing. So we should give healthcare to the young people who are, who are still able to contribute. Let the old people die. Okay. That was, this is not conspiracy theory. You can go buy the book nudge. You can research yeah. Cass Sunstein, all their writings, yeah. all the architects of Obamacare, Tides Foundation. You can go read their writings. And they advocated a system whereby you ranked who deserved care. And bottom line is old people deserve to die. And just the young, healthy people should potentially productive people uh, should get care. Old people aren't productive. So you think it's a coincidence now. In who are the largest number of people who I mean, it's not even close. Mm-hmm. If you actually look at the numbers. It's not even close. No, nope. not even close. This is an absolute genocide against the elderly and the infirm. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. So this is no coincidence to me. And this is why I say, because here is a guy in Cuomo He's he's out there. You actually see it happening where he ordered people to be moved in these into these facilities. With he COVID. prohibited them from being tested mm-hmm. as to whether they were positive or not. You essentially locked old people into buildings 
with sick people. sick people and let them die. The man should be on trial for manslaughter right now. Period. Well, but the, my, whole, my whole point abuse. is, my whole point is, and I'll shut up. My whole point is, this didn't just happen. It's not a coincidence when they've been writing about this since at least 2008 and have attempted to implement a system which makes it standard operating procedure. This is not coincidence. No, it's premeditated murder. Exactly. It is premeditated murder. And no, and so so he didn't, he wasn't holding the weapon that took their life, right? But his actions led to their deaths. Which Manslaughter. Is, which is the definition of an accessory. Correct. So when you're, an, uh, by definition, an accessory to the crime, you are guilty of the crime as if you had held yeah. the weapon that it, killed it, them. Negligent homicide, yeah, no, some I, states call it. No, it's not negligent homicide. It's, it is premeditated murder. It, it, it doesn't even go to negligence. Well, I'm saying premeditation, you have to prove you intend and you knew whatever. Yeah, but it's what not, I'm saying is if he didn't sent, accidentally he simply, do that. What, no, what I'm saying is just on the face of just on the face of what's being reported now, the minimum, the minimum you see this guy made a decision, sent these people there and in fact prohibited. Right. He said, no, no, don't do this. When that would have given you knowledge to take measures to save their lives. That is that the lowest level it's at the lowest level. This guy is it should be on trial for manslaughter right now. Yeah. Right now. Right. But because he's a politician. Right. These elected officials that we now live in an America. We live in a place where there are two sets of laws. If you if you were simply a businessman, likely if you were the administrator of the hospital or administrator of the nursing home and you took these actions that led to the consequences that that happened to Cuomo, you would be in prison now. You would probably be put to death on, uh, on uh, you know, in whatever, depending on whatever state you're in. Uh, but we have a we have a, a two tiered system. There are different laws. For those we elect to represent us, we we elect fellow residents to represent us. And once they're in a position representing us, they live under a different set of rules that they can impose upon us. And so you violate their rules. You suffer consequences. They violate the rules that they set for you. Nothing happens to them. Maybe censure a letter. Oh, you don't get reelected. I mean, think about it. This is a conversation we actually have. I mean, bless her heart. Betsy, this morning, the, the people on the newsback said, what do you want to see happen? Well, at least he should have his powers, these powers stripped from him. Yes. And then she said he shouldn't be reelected. Yes. But I mean, isn't that so sad that that is the extent of our conversation when we talk about politicians? Oh, this guy, this guy murdered old people or made decisions and led to the deaths was complicit in the death of numerous elderly people, mm-hmm. then lied about it, right. covered it up. He shouldn't get reelected. Right? That that tells you right there the different set of rules that America lives under. That's- you can literally kill people if you're a politician and you you you're denied some sort of political prison pri- uh, privilege where you and I we go to jail or we're, we're actually executed. This is the America that we've built. It's an aristocracy. 
it's it's back to the days of kingdom where the king could murder for not paying taxes and and the the best thing that you know you did was complain about the king. It ju- it so. just disgusts me that this is purely a political. Call. Oh, you know, ten 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 legislators wrote a letter. Okay, great, great, good, good job, good job, good job. You have a murderer for a governor. Go write a letter. Nice. Nice. Meanwhile, the narrative is we have to close down our businesses. We have to uh, we have to suffocate ourselves and muzzle ourselves because every life matters. Right. Because we can't have people dying from the flu where people have died from the flu since the beginning of time and flu. But now I have to restrict my personal liberties, my health and my give up my private business because every life matters. Meanwhile, you have Cuomo. And here's the thing. Cuomo's not the only governor that did this. This is not the only place this happened. Cuomo, you know, Cuomo gets gets somebody, gets 10 legislators angry at him. And then his administration has the audacity to deflect by saying, oh, it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that that we assigned people to be murdered. It was because they didn't like where we got our campaign funding. From. Yeah, and you can deplatform all you want. I'm going to keep saying it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll rent a billboard and put Cuomo is a murderer mm-hmm. on Interstate 75. How about that? You want to take us off Twitter and Facebook and YouTube? Screw you. I'll get a billboard. Cuomo is a murderer. Yeah. We could start a whole campaign to put billboards all over. Cuomo is a murderer. But you don't want it. They don't want to turn over that rock, JC, because if they turn over that rock, they find out all the gov- other governors that did it, you know, and all the other mayors that did it. Maybe the governors didn't do it, but you had cities that were doing it. You had counties that were doing it. And now all of a sudden you have these people who have participated in this neo-sapien eugenic eugenic genocide of of, you know, our older generation. Google it. Google it. What percentage of of covid deaths are people from extended care facilities? Yeah. And they'll tell you it's because they were the highest risk. Yeah, right. They were the one most vulnerable. Okay. So then why are the rest of us laboring under all these restrictions? And those people are already on lockdown. They're already in a facility that has limited access. They have limited that they don't have contact with each other. So how can you say, um, you know, masking me and telling me that I have to stay 10 feet, six feet from somebody and these businesses have to shut down when the very highest marks are in the places where the people are already under constant medical supervision in facilities with limited public access. And that's where you have the highest numbers. None of this makes any sense. I have a screenshot from it somewhere. I'm pretty sure it's from the CDC. Let me show you this last thing on our way out today. Cause I, I came across this article. Um, I don't know if anybody knows who this guy is, but his name is, well, he's a Cuban American rapper. His name, his stage name is Pitbull. And it turns out that his family are, you know, he's first generation Cuban American. His grandmother actually fought for Castro in the revolution because by his, his testimony, his grandma said, I 
fell prey to the lies. I thought I was fighting for the good guy. She ends up sending two of her daughters to America under Operation Peter Pan, which was this big effort to uh, get children out of Cuba. And then his dad also fled. And it was because of his interaction, you know, with his parents and his family that he knows what socialism is like. He says, he said in this article, JC, it's why I appreciate what I have here in America because I know what socialism is about. And he said Fidel Castro would have enjoyed having the ability to issue coronavirus lockdown orders without any citizens resisting. Yep, there you go. And so I just, there you have it. This is why you need to go to libertyfirstuniversity.com and you need to take the class on socialism. Uh, we have a class on socialism. It's going to be a, a series of classes on socialism and you have to go there. If you're already a Liberty First University student, go ahead and start now. Remember, you got to watch the Great Debate, which will teach you why the government defining our rights is actually the government destroying our rights. And then uh, make sure you get your education on socialism so you can see where and how all of this has come about. Well, guys, we're going to close out with the video trailer today for uh, non-compliant. We expect to have the movie uh, ready to be set up for distribution sometime next week. So I just thought I'd we'd close out with the movie trailer today so you guys can see uh, what's coming. So God bless you. Remember, we're in Washington State and Oregon until Monday. Look at chrisannhall.com. Check out the calendar and come join us. We'd love to see you. God bless. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power. And we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged one person will stand up upon a single person and then everybody else will stand a gym member surrounded by a crowd of supporters was placed in handcuffs a tampa bay pastor has been arrested sentenced to a week in she jail also and tore up a cease and desist letter we have a posterity waiting for us to say we will not comply so you will be free You have a chance to fight.
without bloodshed. But every time we comply, we establish a future where our children will not have that option. Why do we sit down when all should be standing? And why do we